It's good to be here and uh, sharing with you this message. Um, this is the first of a series called As You Go, and I'm so excited about this message. Um, we're going to be talking about the healing ministry of all believers. And, um, you know, we were, we were coming out of the Victoria series, and we were talking. We had actually another whole series um, slated to do, but when the coronavirus hit, I just felt in my spirit that um, there was going to be an outbreak of healing like we've never seen before. I, be I believe that uh, Jesus is on the move. I'm going to share some stories on, on that. But, um, but I believe that, this, this, that we have to prepare ourselves. We were in uh, prophetic intercession on Tuesday, and Julie Sellers had a word, and, and the word was from the Holy Spirit, get ready, be ready. And I believe that we need to be ready for Jesus to break out in healings and signs and wonders uh, like never before, like we've never experienced before, like I've never experienced before. And so what we want to do is we don't want to just go on this journey. We're just inviting you on this journey. And some of you are going, oh, like you might be getting like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? I don't know how I'm going to do with this. And we got all these kind of questions and, and that's okay. Listen, that is completely okay. Um, part of this message is preparing our hearts, dealing with some of the things, dealing with some of the things we're struggling with, respect to praying for people who are in need of healing, and just taking baby steps forward. If we can just get everybody in our church taking baby steps forward and really believing and entering into the healing ministry of all believers, we're gonna. It'll be a great series. Um, just a, a just a quick testimony about this. Um, uh, just a few weeks ago. We were gathered together, if you remember, right before the coronavirus broke out. Just a testimony of this and this outbreak of the healing ministry of Jesus. Um, we were gathered together and um, we were praying on what we should do um, moving forward um, with having services or not. And we were all gathered together. We asked Holy Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do? And in the midst of that, Holy Spirit says, it's safe. Go ahead and have the meeting. And, and um, so we went ahead and had the meeting. And, um, and so we're in this, we're in this gathering and, and we're starting to worship. And I noticed this couple come in who were, were obviously students, um, and, uh, uh, at least, yeah. And found out later they were Miami students. So anyways, they sit down and, um, they're there and, um, in the middle of worship, I just feel Holy Spirit inside of me just say, stand up and tell some, tell everyone that he, that the Jesus is here. He wants to heal people and they're going to feel heat and the fire from God coming down on them. And, and that was kind of a bold word. And I stood up and I shared And a little bit of background is, is that this is something, this has been a cry of my heart ever since we planted the vineyard. I, uh, like 10 years ago, heard a, a testimony where people were getting healed in the middle of worship. And I remember in the midst of that testimony, just going, I want that Lord. I want that do that for me. I was so excited about hearing this testimony. I was like, Lord Jesus, I would love to see somebody get healed in the middle of worship. And let me just pause there a moment and just say, there's going to be a lot of testimonies that are going to be happening that you're going to hear from Parker and Josh and whoever's speaking. I mean, and, and how we posture ourselves, how we posture our hearts and how we receive that testimony and what we do with that testimony is so, so very important. I, this was a turning point in my life. The turning point for, in my life was when I, I would hear testimonies, and I'd be like, God, why aren't you doing that for me? Or I'd be like, oh, you must love that person more than me. And I had this like 
weird heart posture and when I heard the, the testimony. What changed with me was when I learned that when I hear a testimony, I go, I get so excited because it's God on the move. And when I start going, yes, that's awesome. I'm so excited about that. And then, then my second heart posture is, is, Lord Jesus, do that in me or do that for me. And, and I receive that for me. Do that again inside of me because that's actually what the word testimony means in, in the New Testament. If you look at the Greek word, it actually means do it again. And so when you hear a testimony or when you hear all these testimonies, just posture your heart and say, Lord, do that again for me. Right? That's all you have to say. So anyways, I, I, I said, Lord, do this again with me. I want to see somebody healed in worship. And I stood up a number of times throughout 10 years where I was like, oh, I feel like the Lord's moving. And I would stand up and say, hey, you know, someone's going to get healed in, in worship today. And I can honestly say I never had anybody come up to me and say, hey, I got healed in worship today. And uh, that's probably maybe two or three, four times in the last 10 years. But anyways, I walk over at the end of the service that I was telling you about. I walk over to this couple and I see this girl after ministry time. and She's just weeping. And obviously something's going on. And I walk over to her. And I say, hey, what's going on? And she goes, I'm completely healed. I'm like, what? You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but when someone just comes up to me and says that, I, I saw I, a lot of faith here. I'm just like, what? I, I, I can't believe, is that really happened? You know, I, I'm, I'm questioning it. And I said, well, so tell me what happened. She said, as soon as you stood up and you said in worship that I was going to, that I would feel fire and that I would be healing, I just felt fire and heat go all through my body. And I've had pains and I've had problems with my arms and my legs. And she was describing all these different things. And she said, the Lord spoke to me a couple weeks ago that I was supposed to do summer camps. And, but I was like, Lord, I can't do summer camps. My body's a wreck. And while you prayed that, I felt that heat go through me and I am completely healed. And I was just like, wow, that is crazy. That's awesome. That's the power of God. And so I believe that that's just a sign that Jesus is on the move and that the healing ministry of Jesus Christ is just about to explode in the midst of this coronavirus. So we want to ready our hearts to step in and to partner with Holy Spirit on this adventure of the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. And so um, normally I'm going to take a little different approach, you know, with this whole coronavirus and going live. And, and uh, normally what I do is I get up here and I lecture to everyone and I speak to everyone and you guys listen, some of you fall asleep, and that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to take a little different approach. It's kind of fitting for this. I'm going to allow you guys to ask questions. That makes perfect sense. Um, so who wants to go first? You know, uh, don't everyone speak up at once. You know, when you uh, please stand up, state your name, where you're from, and then your question, all right? All right I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyways, so I will ask the questions. I'll ask the questions. So we're going to read this scripture. And what I want to just encourage you, we were talking about this, Parker and Josh and I, about how important it is that we take a childlike approach when we read the Word. So many of us, we bring this baggage in and we read words and we got religion here and religion there and we're getting bombarded. Just read it like a little child. We just need to read the Word and receive the Word of God with childlike faith. And... Um, and so that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to ask, Amon, I'll ask the questions for you on your behalf, okay? So let's, let's start. Matthew chapter 10, 7 through 8. I'm, 7 through 8, excuse me. I'm going to read from the, um, the Passion Translation. I think it's awesome. It says this, As you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible. 
close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. Freely release it to others. So when people read scriptures, a lot of times they use this like Greek word, it's, it's yabat. I know this is like, it's this weird Greek word, but so many times when we, when we read the scripture, people respond with yabat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but why is this so important? Isn't saving people most important? Parker's going to talk a lot about this in the, in the, um, in, in, a, in the message in, in week three. But just to give, give you a quick on this, the word for saving people or the word for salvation is actually the word sozo. Okay, that's the Greek word. And that actual Greek word means to save, to heal, and to deliver. Just to give you a little taste of, of, of the fullness of that word. So it's not just good enough. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die for us to get to heaven. He died for salvation to come into our bodies, to come into our spirits, to come into our minds. The whole being of who we are, body, soul, and spirit. See, Jesus taught us this. This is just a quick note on this, and I'm not going to go into this in, in great detail. But Jesus taught us that the truth was not only to be declared, but also was to come with demonstration. And that's how Jesus brought the message. He spoke the good news of, of who he was and the kingdom, and then he demonstrated it with signs and wonders and miracles. And we as his followers are called to do the very same thing. See, this is the reality. Every time a person is healed, it is Jesus preaching the gospel in that person's body. Isn't that awesome? Every time a person is healed and touched from heaven, it is Jesus preaching the good news in a person's body. Just a, a testimony on this. See, the gospel we have is not an intellectual argument. Okay, It's supposed to come with demonstration. Jim Baker shared this testimony talking about this. He was asked to speak at a world religion class at Denison University. And he was there, and he's preaching his message and speaking to the people. And basically, people are yawning, and they're you know no one's paying attention. And he finally gets frustrated. He throws his notes down, and he's just like, "Okay, enough. If what I'm saying is not true, then the next person I'm going to call a person up here. And if they don't get healed, don't believe a word I say. But if they get healed, then you need to listen to me. I mean, that's kind of brave and and bold. And um, who's first? He kind of raises, you know, looking for someone to come up. This girl stands up. A volleyball player, player, she's got a brace all the way down her, her leg. She comes walking up. She comes to the front. She hobbles up. He just prays a five-second prayer in the name of Jesus, be healed. And he says, now check it. She takes off the brace and starts doing squats. She's like doing squats. As soon as she comes up from the second squat, uh, tears just start flowing from her, from her eyes, and she's completely healed. And the whole crowd, the whole uh, class just erupts and everyone just starts clapping wildly and they're cheering and they're so excited. <laughs> and Jim Baker's response was, all right, who's next? <laughs> so um, anyways, again, the, the, the gospel is not an intellectual argument. It's something to be demonstrated and it's the kingdom of God. And this is the adventure that Jesus is calling all of us into the healing ministry of every, every believer. Yeah, but Pastor Richter, Pastor John, this is written to the apostles, so how is this for me? Right? That's a good question. Is this written for the apostles, or is this written for me? 
the, if we go to the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus is talking to the uh, apostles, and he's giving them the commission to go and preach the, to, to the gospel to all of the nations and to make disciples. And he says this phrase. He says, then teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. So what did he command the apostles to do? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, right? So the, what he was telling the apostles is, is they need to teach this very thing, this, this ministry of healing is to be taught to every disciple of Jesus Christ. Every follower of Jesus Christ should be walking in this uh, command of healing the sick. In Mark, just another confirmation of this, Mark chapter 16, it says this, and these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. Now notice, it doesn't say these miracle signs will follow the pastors, or these miracle signs are going to follow the apostles, right? It says these Miracle signs are going to accompany those who what? Who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. That is the inheritance of every believer. Every person that believes and confesses Jesus Christ is called and commanded by him to walk in this power of healing the sick. Jesus says it to us even again in John 14. He says it this way. Whoever believes, again, not the pastors and not the apostles, but whoever believes the works that I do, you will do also in greater works than these because I go to the Father. So we're called to do the exact same works of Jesus. We're called to follow him in his footsteps and to partner with him because he went away and he gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of every believer. And that Holy Spirit wants to break out and impact the world with healing and signs and wonders. Bill Johnson says it this way concerning this, this verse uh, of healing the sick, raising the dead, and this assignment that has been given to all believers. He would have young people from his school come and talk to him. And they would say, hey, I don't know what my calling is. I'm not sure where to go in my career what country to go to, or if I should be a missionary, or if I should be a teacher, and, you know, can you pray with me? And, and Bill's response was, was the same for almost all of them. He'd say, yeah, okay, I'll pray with you, and I'll ask God to, to show you what he wants you to do. But at, at the end of the day, wherever you go, you need to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and cleanse the lepers. So this is the deal. This is the assignment of every believer. Every believer, right, the environment changes. The location changes. The people that we're called to, all of that changes. But what never changes is this assignment, is to carry out this message, the, the message of the kingdom that Jesus gave to us. Yeah, but, Pastor Richter, what if that is their ministry? That's their ministry, but it's not my ministry. This is not my calling. I'm glad you asked that question. Well, let me ask you this question. Are the gifts of the Holy Spirit your gifts, or are they... His gifts. Are they your gifts or are they his gifts? Is the ministry of Jesus yours or is it his? See, the message of, of, of Jesus and being his, the invitation to be a follower of Christ, and I gave my life to him about 25 years ago, was, was deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Right? Where is the the where is you in all of that? 
right? It's actually, the call is to forsake the old because the old self, that old selfish self, right, has been crucified with Christ. It's, it's dead. It's been crucified. And behold, all things have become new, right? So we're entering into his calling, into his ministry, and what he's called us to. Jesus stated that he could do nothing except be what he saw the Father doing, right? He could do nothing except for what he called he saw the follow, uh, what he saw the Father doing. When was um, so? The truth is this: is none of us can heal. It is the Father doing the works inside of us, right? It's the Father doing the works of Jesus in and through us. Jesus commanded us to follow him and to, to heal those around us that we come across who are in sick or in need. Some of you, yeah, but this is not my personality, right? I hear this all the time. This is not my personality. This is not, this, I, I don't function that way. Well, let me say this about personality. You know what? God, when Jesus, when the Holy Spirit came inside of us, he didn't come inside of us to get rid of our personality. He made every one of us unique, right? Every one of us is unique. There's only one you, and he wants to come inside of you and help you fulfill your destiny and calling, which is right here, the assignment to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Let me give you an analogy real quick. If I said to you, I said, hey, let uh, the hundred people that are on this call or whatever, if I said to you, go cut the grass, Right? That's your assignment. The assignment is go cut the grass. Every one of us, I guarantee, would take the amount of time that we took, the pattern that we did. I mean, all of it would be totally different in terms of how we would approach cutting the grass and the degree of, of, uh, that we would spend in terms of trimming and doing various activities of, that it would take for cutting the grass. The point is this, is that we would all do it differently based on our personality. But at the end of the day, what would happen? We would fulfill the assignment, which is to cut the grass. So don't, don't, it's not about personality. We need to tailor the assignment, right? We need to, to, to evoke our personality, if you will, right? Use our personality to execute and to carry out the assignment. Yeah, but... Isn't healing and deliverance meant for church services? Isn't healing and deliverance meant for church services? What was Jesus' command in this, in this uh, passage? As you go, right? As you go. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that he's calling us into a lifestyle. He's calling us into an every, every moment, every aspect of our life. This is the assignment that he's giving to us to execute and to walk into. Whether we're a school teacher, whether we're a professor, whether we're an engineer, whether we're a doctor, we're called to execute and to walk in this assignment. See, religion has locked up the Holy Spirit in a building. Religion has locked up. from. I mean, even go back. All the way back, if you look at history, religion has constantly been trying to lock up worship into a building. And God is looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth and walk daily in his presence. Just look at the lifestyle of Jesus. Did Jesus spend all of his time in the synagogue or was he going from town to down, living like a nomad, if you will, visiting these villages and as he went... 
And as he would go, what would he do to serve and to love the people? He would pray for them. He would bring the healing. He would bring power. In fact, everyone that came to him, to Jesus was healed. Holy Spirit wants to break out. This is, this is what Reinhard Bunke, this is a dream of Reinhard Bunke. If anyone knows who he is, he's this great prophet to our generation. And he's saying that Holy Spirit in this hour is raising up a generation. He's raising up this generation of people that we're gonna, that's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, taking it out into the streets, taking it out into the public affairs, taking it out into the Walmarts and into the grocery stores. And wherever they go, there's healing and signs and wonders being released in the name of Jesus. It's not meant to be stuck in a building. Buildings are, I'm not even, I'm not saying they're bad, but we get stuck and we've segmented our life. We've segmented our life and like we're one person when we enter into the church building and then we're somebody completely else when we walk out of that building. And that's not, listen, that is not what we're called to do. That's not who Jesus has called us to be. Our regular life is, our, is your ministry. Your regular life is your ministry. The people that you meet every day are the people that you are called to minister the love and the power of Jesus and to demonstrate the kingdom to them. Yeah, but I can't do this. I've tried doing this and it does not work. I'm not good at it. I've heard that before. Well, let me just say this. Concerning, I can't do that. No, you can't. Let's just let's just get that. No, Parker can't do it. Lynn can't do it. John Richter can't do it. Bree can't do it. Sarah Beth can't do it. Evie can't even do it. Okay? No one can do this. Only the healer can do this. Only the healer can do this. I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. See, the reality is this. Is we need to change our focus. See, a lot of us believe in healing. We believe in the theology of healing, but we don't necessarily believe in the healer. That the healer is present with me everywhere I go, and that the healer wants to break out and release healing to the people around me. And so we have this concept or this intellectual understanding of healing, but we don't have the application. And Jesus is telling his apostles in this verse to apply the truth. Heal the sick. It's a command to be experienced. So we need to stop believing in healing and start believing in the healer. See, maybe we've made this so difficult, right? Maybe we just need to put our little childhood hat on and just come as a little child and say, okay, Jesus said heal the sick. I'm going to pray for everyone around me that's sick. That would be the childlike response. If I said, said to, to one of my kids, I said, go do this, they would just go do it wherever they would go. And that's the childlike response response that Jesus is looking for. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. See, so many times when we, we try to enter into this, we look at our lack instead of, it's not about us. It, it, it has nothing to do with us. It has us being just stepping in and being obedient because it's all about the healer, Jesus. It's just as simple as looking to him and focusing our attention and focusing our hearts on him. Now with this concept of I've tried this, doing this before and it hasn't worked or I've failed and I'm not good at it, well, all I can say to you is this, join the club. I mean, join the club. 
I mean, really, I, I, I have prayed for people. I, I can tell you story after story after story of how I prayed for something for somebody and nothing has happened. Right? In fact, I've done, I've done research on this. And there's, it's interesting to me. There's so many people that are experts on, he, on healing, right? And they talk about it from a theological perspective, have never healed a single person. I'm like, what? I mean, go spend time with people that actually do it, right? And, and know how to do it and, and walk in it. But one of my favorite guys is Todd White, and his story is amazing. He talks about how for over a year, he prayed for people, probably nine, ten people every day, and never saw a single person healed. Never saw a single result. Why did he do it? Because he just childlike faith says, Jesus said, heal the sick, I'm going to pray for the sick. And he kept praying, and he kept praying, and he kept praying, and he pressed in, and he persevered, and he pressed through it. John Wimber the same way. John Wimber has a similar testimony. If you read about John Wimber, how he preached for over a year on healing and nothing happened. In fact, people were getting sicker and not getting healed. Bill Johnson talks about the struggle that he had where he had this theology, and he had, but he lacked experience, and he was, and he was wrestling with that, and he, he wrestled, and he wrestled, and he wrestled. I love um, a story. I've shared this before, but one of the guys that I loved uh, is, uh, that I've come across recently is a guy by the name of Dave, David Hogan, and he was asked to, uh, uh, someone came to him with this urgent need. There, his the son had died. He, this is in a village, a poor village in, in Mexico, and the son had had died, and the, and the dad came to him and says, I need you to come and pray for my son and bring him back from the dead. And David Hogan looked at him and said, you know that I'm not very good at my job. And he actually shares these stories where one of his, his worst failures was a, a moment where a kid was pulled out of a river dead, and he was right there, and the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm going to raise him up, and he never prayed for him. And it, and it shook him to the core. See, all of us have failed all of us have prayed and nothing's happened, okay? We just need to press through that. It can't, we can't allow our failures to define us. We are some, what we do in terms of praying for the sick, it has nothing to do with who we are and the Father's pleasure over us. And we need to separate that. We need to separate out our identity from what takes place when we execute the commands that Jesus gives us. Yeah, but... Pastor John, how do we know it's God's will to heal? And I'm not going to, I don't want to dive into this because we're, this is going to be, uh, throughout this series, we're going to be talking about this. But let me ask you this, this question about this verse. In this verse, what did Jesus say about healing the sick? Did he say, heal some of the sick? Did he say, heal only those that I highlight to you? Or did he say, Heal the sick. I mean, I think a good interpretation of this is that we're called to heal all of the sick, to pray and lay hands on or uh, every person that we come across that is in need in, in their physical body, that we're called to pray for them. In that context, then, how is it when Jesus was walking on the planet and he was healing sick people, was he going against his father? Was he going against God? Was he praying against God? Or was he praying against the enemy? I would dare say in Acts chapter 10 that he's not praying against God. He's praying against the enemy. Acts 10, 38 says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by God? No. He healed all who were oppressed by who? The devil. 
for God was with him. So this, again, simplistic, childlike faith. Sickness, devil. Healing, God. Let me go over that again. This is, let me just make this, I know this is a really difficult concept. Sickness, devil. Healing, God. Is God bringing coronavirus on people? No. No. He's not. Let's just get over that. Sickness, devil, healing, God. We should be out there. We should be calling our friends and our relatives and saying, hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Because I believe God wants to heal you. Listen, Jesus healed everyone who came to him. There's not a single testimony of any person coming to Jesus that did not get healed. Jesus taught us about God the Father, and that he's a loving, caring, wonderful father that just enjoys his kids so much. So how can we wrap our brains around a loving father that actually puts sickness on people to teach them a lesson? If I did that to my kids, I'd be thrown in jail. That doesn't make any sense. This healing is the business of our father. And we may not be good at it yet. I get that, okay? That's what this journey is all about, is preparing our hearts and taking baby steps and growing and, and, and getting better at the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. See, maybe every time we come across someone who is in need of healing, maybe it's Father's invitation for us to release the kingdom into that person's life. Yeah, but why doesn't everyone get healed? I'm definitely not going to answer this question. That's going to be for Parker and Josh. I'm not even going to touch that. We're just going to let that one rest right there. All right? We'll come to that in a later message. Yeah, but I don't want to ruin the faith of the person if they don't get healed. Well, what if they do get healed? What if that you, by walking past that person and not crossing over that chicken line, I like to call it, we got this chicken line, right? And I, I've walked that chicken line. Right? I've not crossed it so many times where I, I feel the draw of heaven and I just still, nah, nah, you know, for whatever reason, I don't cross the chicken line. But what if we just missed an opportunity for that person to be set free from pain that they've experienced for years in their life? And let me ask you this question. When is their faith your responsibility? When is their faith your responsibility? We just read the passage. Who's the author and finisher of, of our faith? Jesus. How can someone come to the Father? It says that no one can come to the Father unless the Father draws them. That's not my business. Their faith is not my business. My business is doing and executing the command that Jesus gave me, which was to pray for the sick. Yeah, but I don't want to make feel, people feel uncomfortable. Well, then don't. L listen, don't. I mean, just don't do that. I mean, don't. Why, who says you have to make people feel uncomfortable? You know, work and, and, and get better at this. Do Jesus' prayers. I mean, part of the problem is we think that healing has to take, that healing's going to come if I pray for five minutes. Jesus said, be healed, be cleansed. I mean, his prayers were shorter than any prayer that I probably ever prayed. So let's just pray five-second prayers for people. Can I pray for you? Don't be loud. Don't be, don't be embarrassing. You know, do it in a conspicuous way, whatever you got to do. But don't be weird. Right? Just as we're called to be naturally supernatural. Just be natural and supernatural. We're going to talk about this more in later weeks, and I'm excited about that. But short prayers 
Yeah, short prayers are the best. The, the final thing here, I don't know what to do. We'll come back next week. Yeah, but I don't know how to pray for people. We'll come back next week. Come back next week. I'm going to finish with this testimony. I was uh, in Kroger um, just a couple weeks ago. Um, and uh, I've had a number of testimonies of, of you know, recently I've, I, I missed, just before I go into this, I missed like two words of knowledge around uh, concerning people's backs. I went into the store and I said to the lady, how's your back feeling? I felt like the Lord said back. And she was like, feels great, feels fine. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not praying for that. Went into the next place, had the same word, uh, word of knowledge. Didn't get that. That one didn't work either. Same exact thing. Um, but I can tell you then I went into um, uh, uh, the shell station the other day and I had a word about shoulder. And I, I was like, you know, I'm pressing into this thing. I'm pressing into it. I'm not taking, I'm not letting failure define me. And so I, I, I go in there and I had this word about shoulder. I said, hey, how's your shoulder feeling? And she says, oh, she had a wreck like, like a year or so ago and she had pins in it and all this kind of stuff. And I got to pray just a quick five second prayer for her. I don't, I can't honestly say that I ever saw a breakthrough. She might be completely healed. I don't know. I, I didn't get the joy of, of doing that. But, but anyways, the point is, it's about pressing into this. Um, just, I was in Kroger with a young lady, this is just recently, and uh, she was complaining about carpal tunnel in her wrist, and this was a cool story. Um, it, sometimes when, when the kingdom breaks in, I get shocked, okay? The people are shocked, but I'm shocked. And so I just say, hey, can I pray for your wrist? And so I said this short, you know, five-second prayer, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I just curse carpal tunnel. I release the healing power of Jesus. And I just pray that over real quick, and she goes, she starts moving her wrist. She couldn't even move it. She starts moving her wrist, and she's like, oh, my gosh, it feels better. So I prayed again. I said, let's just bless. It. I blessed what God was doing. I prayed again. And by the end of it, she's like, it's completely healed. And I'm like, no way. I, are, are you being honest? And a lot of times I say this, be honest with me. Don't, you know, just be honest with me. And she's like, no, it's completely healed. And she's just so excited. And it was such an awesome, awesome experience of healing and the power of Jesus. I just love when people get to experience his goodness and his love. Anyways, this was a good talk. I'm glad we had to share these questions together. It's time for worship, and I'm going to close with that, and we're going to come back again. We're going to talk about this in future weeks. I would just encourage you, as we get ready for worship, get in a worship position. I don't know what that looks like. Shut your eyes. I'm, it's not cool that we're not all together. I love worship. I mean, when we get together and worship, it's like one of the greatest part of my weeks. And the Lord just seems like he touches me every time we do that. But the Lord can touch us now. And I'm actually believe I'm declaring this, that the healing power of Jesus, if you have a healing, something in your, going on in your body, I just, just, just believe that God's going to touch you. There's going to be fire that will be released in your body as you, as you worship and as you enter and focus your heart and attention on him. Amen.